Welcome back. Hour number two. And to all of you joining us on the network, we can't say thanks enough. Whether it's in Lacrosse and WKTY, Barroqua, WBRQ. Thanks for uh, taking a listen to us. And hopefully they've gotten, because uh, I know for a while they were on and off and on and off. And they had some things going on in Marshfield, WOSQ, ESPN Radio there. Our friends in Menominee, Marinette, good to have them on board. So uh, good stuff today. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. 877-867-1670. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michael Show. And uh, we have got uh, our buddy Eric Baranchek, uh joining us now on the hotline. So, Eric, I don't even know where to start. Last night was kind of a uh, tale of two halves. They discovered the run, which is what we've been screaming about for now seven weeks prior. Uh, suddenly, Samari Torrey and Romeo Dobbs look like maybe they could catch some passes. The offensive line still has misses that are problematic. Uh, the defense, um, the, the secondary, for whatever reason, has forgot how to tackle. I mean, where do you want to begin in this one? Man, boy, you just ruled it all out there, right? Um, I, you know, I'm not really sure, Bill. I, I, you know, I think I still think the biggest issue that they have to get cleaned up is that offensive line. That's where it all starts. And if they, it, you know, if Rodgers is going to feel better. And you can watch it. You know, I had a guy ask me this morning, and he goes, uh, you know, is Rogers lost a step? Is that why he can't, you know, step up and slide out of the pocket? And I kind of laughed. I'm like, where's there to step up to? I mean, the right. guards in the in the center is in his lap at, at the, you know, darn near at the snap of the ball. So there's there's nowhere to step up to. So, no, I, I, I but they got to fix it. And on run plays, it seems like they get it together and then, Someone in you know you get two or three good stretches there, good good plays, and then someone inevitably screws up, uh, and it's just you know you kind of rack your head against the wall and wonder what the heck is going on. But you know if they're going to go, if they're going to try to salvage what's left of the season. They, the offensive line has got to take a big step forward. Okay, here's my question because I watched yesterday, uh, you know, with an open eye, and then I watched it again this morning, and it seems like every time there was a impactful play, it was either somebody was out of position, or they just completely whiffed on a block, or a penalty. Do you know? And I, I'm looking for blame. I, I'm saying, okay, is this coaching? Is this not paying attention to detail? Roger said it was a great week of practice and a great coaching uh, week. What? Because this is just unlike an offensive line that we've seen in the past. Is it just the fact that they moved guys, so many guys around so often this season? I no, I don't think so. Because if you look at the last couple of seasons, especially last season, they held up with. Uh, Guys in and out of. I mean, at one point they were down Josh Myers, Elton Jenkins, and Bakhtiari, and they held up and they were good. And this year they got Bakhtiari kind of back and Jenkins back a little bit, and uh, Josh Myers hasn't moved around and and they just can't get it fixed. And I I don't, you know, to me, to me honestly, I, you know, something's, you know, like you know, and I hate to do this because it's not really what my forte is, but. The coaching staff's got to get that figured out, and they gotta they gotta work really hard to make sure that they're getting the understandings of stepping with the right feet, and you know all those little things uh, that aren't happening right now at the old. I mean, there's just you're gonna get physically beat. That's part of life in the NFL. I mean, everybody is good, uh, and I you know so you're gonna get beat on occasion, but just the multitude uh, of guys getting beat and and uh, getting put on skates is 
is, is, is tough to watch. Uh, yeah, I uh, you know, again, last night you're watching the line get collapsed. Aaron Rodgers moving in the pocket, getting bumped by offensive linemen who are getting pushed back three, four yards back into him. So I agree with you. I, I think if you can clean up at all the offensive line and cut down on some of the stupid penalties, you're already in the ball game. Now the question is, do they – this whole thing about does Gutekinds need to make a move? I still believe if you can get a guy – that's on, say, a rookie deal that's an impactful player that you know, give up whatever because some of your draft choices, let's face it, third round specifically, just aren't panning out anyway. So why not go ahead and make a move and at the very least start laying the groundwork for next year? Would you make a move? I don't know if I would, but I, I you know, you convinced me enough there. You know, I guess the question you got to ask and I would ask is, Say I got to give up a second round. We talked a little bit on Friday about Claypool, right? So do you give up a second round pick for them? So what you have to ask yourself is two years from now, is Claypool better than the second round pick that I'm picking up today? You know what I'm saying? So I got a second Mm -hmm. round pick next year. And is Claypool going to be better than the second round pick that I pick next year? That's got to be the question. The other question that unfortunately is facing this team is is money. There's money issues there. So they got to, they got to be careful with what they do, and I, I know they. You need to have young guys come in and play, and be successful. But I'm not so sure. They're more than one. Maybe they're not. The, maybe they're no players away. Maybe it's just they got to get. They got to get that. You know, Wednesday through Saturday has got to get fixed. That's what it sounds. That's what it looks like to me. Bigger than that. Yeah. This. This is where I ask myself: Is is a second round pick better than Josh Jackson? Is he better than Elton Jenkins? Eh, that maybe would say uh, Alton Jenkins has been pretty solid. He's been a pro bowler. Uh, is he better than A.J. Dillon? Is he better than Josh Myers? Is he better than Christian Watson? I'd say, hell yeah, I'd give away a second-round pick in a heartbeat because you, what you've done is not much when it comes to the second round of the draft. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. So, you know, maybe. But, I, you know, I guess if you're looking for an impact player this year, even if you bring in a, 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 a vet or something like that, I think it's, I think it's difficult to get it in a wide receiver. I think it'd be really hard to, to be super impactful this year, next year, probably, but this year, I think it'd be really difficult. It'd be a, an overall talent upgrade and ability to, to break off throws or break off routes, excuse me, would probably be elevated. Um, but I mean, really when you're talking about with the offense and you got to learn it and you got to get with the quarterback and, you know, he talks all the time about how they got to have a, a, a connection there and, that just isn't going to happen. I mean, you don't draft a guy and two weeks later he's catching 20 balls and going for four touchdowns. That just doesn't happen, I don't think. Um, I'm not so sure that, what, you know, quite honestly, depending on the on the, on the the uh, Devondre Campbell injury, you know, everyone wants to talk about offense, but, you know, if he's going to be out in an extended period of time, maybe linebacker is the spot you got to pick up. Yeah. Um, I also want to – I want to flip over. I want to go – You've got uh, yesterday uh, a couple of times third down and third and five, third and six, third and ten, and you've got guys that are playing 12 yards back and backpedaling on the snap. Can you explain to me what the hell Joe Barry's thinking? I don't, um, unless they're going to try and play man coverage there. Um, I, I don't I don't understand that there. I mean, really, the way that the defense is set up, it's set up to not let any big plays happen. That's the whole premise of it. And 
teams want to run, go ahead, run. Eventually you're going to get a holding call, right? Or you're going to jump offside. There's going to be a penalty. Now it's second and 20 or second and 15, and it's really hard to dig out of that. I mean, that's the whole premise of their defense. And uh, I, to me, I just wish they were more attacking. You saw on occasion that they, they played some man coverage. They seem to be able to figure out how to take away that deep crosser at about 15 yards. You know, they're running with that now. Um, but it, it, it is perplexing sometimes that they just look like they're playing soft. And quite frankly, you know, if they want to play that kind of defense, they got to be more like the Bills where they can get after it with their front four. And, you know, the, 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 the reality is they're not getting it out of the defensive tackles. They're not getting enough pressure out of the front, the two guys with the hands on the ground, to make it the defense really go. And there's not enough pressure there. And if one of you know, the, and, the, and quite frankly, the other part of it too that you know looked real. You know, Rashawn Gary looked like he was lit on fire for a couple of weeks there, and now he's kind of settled back down to earth. And um, you know, I don't know if that ankle is bothering him or what happened, but I mean, they, they got to get more pressure on the quarterback with their four guys that are on the line of scrimmage. And if, if that happens, things will get a little bit better. I think I, I really do. Um, then you can sit back and zone a little bit, but they're not they're not getting after it up front, and that's a problem. The uh, tackling in the secondary, Darnell Savage Jr. yesterday highlighted a couple of times where he had open field. Either one, he was completely faked out of his jock and kind of threw a body at somebody just to say he did something, or just whiffed, or just arm tackles. Uh, this guy was a hitter when he came into the league. I love the fact that he was a guy that loved to get his nose in there. D- he looks to me like he's playing not to get hurt. Does it Does it look the same to you? Certainly, you, you know, here's a great example. You remember the number three last night? I can't. His name is escaping me. That's safety for, for the Bills. That guy was yeah. a hitter. You know, he came up and laid people down. And, you know, you really wish you could see that out of, out of Savage and um, you know, I was expecting. I think we were all expecting him to have a little bit different season than what he's what he's putting out there right now, and um, playing not to get hurt. Yeah, that's kind of. That, I think that's pretty accurate. You know, I, I just would like to see him break down or, or just run through a guy for a change. Would really be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Demar Hamlin, that was the guy. Demar Hamlin, number yeah. three, for uh, for Buffalo. Yeah, he was DeMar a backup Hamlin. too. He, yeah, but boy, was he a thumper! I like that guy. Yep. No doubt. Um, the uh, I, you know, obviously Quay Walker going out that hurt somewhat. Stupid mistake. He talked about it, but after that, for the rotation the Packers had, I didn't think it was terrible. Losing Devondre Campbell, I thought, oh my God, here we go. They're just going to lose everything across the middle. They really kind of held their own. It wasn't terrible last night. Do we look at this and say, hey, this was something to build off of? Or do you look at it and go, you know what? That was probably one of the best games they played this season, and they still lost by double digits. Well, they they certainly kept it closer than I was expecting. I thought it was going to be a three touchdown game. Uh, I really did, especially after the first quarter. I'm like, Oof, this is not this is not boding well for them. Um, mm-hmm. Defensively speaking, I think you know you know I think McDuffie's a little undersized. He's he's a little sawed off, but. You really like, or at least I do. I like that he's, his motor is going, and he kind of he got home on a. Uh, he didn't get the sack, but he got a hit on the quarterback. Where when they they, you know, the guy he's replacing is runs a four three or whatever the heck four four whatever the heck he runs, and um, he doesn't get home ever. So I, I thought that was that was good. I you know he's a motor guy. Certainly was better against the run. I mean, 
Quay Walker won't step up into a hole if his life depended upon it. So that's that's kind of um, disheartening. Now maybe as a sophomore season next year he'll turn around. But I mean, right? He might be just trying to read too much. But he, there's no physicality there. I mean, he'll run a guy down and it looks kind of impressive, you know. But there's no no physicality at the hole and does not step up into blocks and it's it's, it's painful to watch. And it didn't take long. Play number one in the first series, they found where Quay Walker was, and they, you know, cutbacks were designed to go right to him. Uh, they, you know, they went right at him, and I really like, uh, you know, the the Wilson kid, you know, I don't know much about him. Um, seems like his reads were okay. Um, certainly not as fast as what they had out there, and doesn't have the size or the length that Devondre Campbell goes. So I, I think he's going to, you know, the Pack, Packers are going to be playing the Lions, and they got that tight end there. I, that could be some problems. Uh, <clears throat> so in fantasy i would definitely be starting that guy but uh, you know the reality is 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 they're not playing for a reason and they're hanging holding their own and i think that's about as good as it gets yeah I, my next question was going to be what do you think the future of this team is do, you know do do I, I don't know other than maybe against the lions i don't know how many games they're going to be favored in especially when they can't score more than, more than 20 points per game is as much as we can look at this game and go ah oh, there's some optimism here if you can't get past 20 points per game you're in trouble yeah, I mean, the average score in the NFL, average offense puts up 20 points a game, and, you know, Packers can't do it. So they're below average. And, and, and quite frankly, they're going to be going into Detroit. Those guys are playing hard. And I think it's – and they run the football a little bit. they got some they got some guys that can catch it. Um, you know, I, I think that's a buzzsaw waiting to happen right there. And, and in that point, you talk about a cherry on the top of a failure season is getting beat by uh, 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 Detroit. Holy cow. You know, the good news is they got the Bears one more time, so that should probably be a pretty good uh, outcome for them. But, you know, the other thing, Bill, that I, I really wanted to talk about is you saw, you see their, their receivers now, they're eight weeks into this thing, and they're starting to come around. You know, I, I was happy with what you saw with Dobbs last night. He, the, the long one he missed, and some of that is confidence. Um, but on a couple other plays, I guess the wide receiver screen was really good. Uh, I mean, that was a, a designed RPO, and he, they, the, the quarterback, or the, excuse me, the corner bailed on there, and he just broke it off to a to a flat pass and caught that, and you know the touchdown pass, uh, and the way that uh, uh, Samari broke off on or Tory, the way that he broke off his route to catch that one in the end zone. I mean, those are positive things. Those are that's what wide receivers are supposed to do. The problem is. When you're coming from the college ranks up in the NFL, it's really hard. There's, you know, there's the three positions that are hardest to play coming out of college is quarterback, obviously, tack, offensive tackle, and wide receiver because the mental part of the game is so vastly thick compared to in college where you just run by a guy. And and in the NFL, you can't. It's very hard to run by anybody. And and those guys. You have to be smart with your body control and your body positioning, and being able to to read the field and read what coverage you got and break off, hit find you know find you hear about guys settling into a zone. Those things you don't just roll out of the room and then learn how to settle into the zone. Those things I've learned, and those are the hard parts about playing in the NFL. That you know, physically speaking, you come out of college, you're probably dominant of the guy you're across, but not not in the NFL. They're you know they're they're all really really good players and. Um, you know, those were some good things. There's going to be some more hiccups for sure, but that is positive to see that out there, and that's really good to see. And I hope Packer fans saw some of that and understand that 
you know, Devontae Adams, his first three seasons in Green Bay weren't exactly highlight reels, and you know, now he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, and it, it just takes time. It takes it takes effort. Now, whether or not these guys have the effort and they have the what's under the left nipple to, to, to put in the time to, to learn and be really skilled at what they do is yet to be seen, but the, the, the signs are there that it's positive and it's sinking in, so I think it's important to, to point that out, and um, you know, hopefully they can block a little bit and they can show some of that off. Yeah, I would. I uh, would love to see progression uh, quicker, sooner rather than later, in the wide receiving core. By the way, when you mentioned Devontae Adams, one catch, three yards yesterday. You talk about a guy that's probably regretting his decision to leave. Holy smokes, they're awful. That that's oh. a terrible football team. Yeah, that that was a surprise, wasn't it? I mean, that, you, yeah. you think you're getting McDaniel down there, and that would turn things around, and then you just fall flat on your face. Not good. Yep. Nope, I completely agree. All right, buddy, appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, okay? Yeah, thanks for the time, and I uh, hope you guys have a great week. There you go. That's our buddy Eric Branchek joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Always good to get him on board, break down some film. Yeah, you talk about Darnell Savage as opposed to Dallin, who you're watching over on Buffalo, the rookie out of Pittsburgh, and then you see Darnell Savage. Uh, I don't necessarily throw Adrian Amos into that mix. He's He's been pretty solid, but Savage is sometimes – he was a guy that was a hitter. He was a guy that did all of that. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know where he lost his tenacity, but he just he, – he's he's become a weak link in the secondary almost. 877-867-1670. Now it's time. Let's go back. We're going to get your phone calls. We're going to get your tweets, your emails, all that kind of good stuff. Hit us up over on the Bud Light live stream. Want to hear from you as well. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Albanese's Roadhouse right there on Blue Mountain Road in Waukesha. And it's next to a Menards, as a matter of fact. Open today at 4, all throughout the week, as a matter of fact. Monday through Thursday, they open up at 4 o'clock. They've got the Winter Bocce Ball League signing up. They've got the Sports Bar, Dominic Sports Bar. They do some catering. So much over there at Albanese's Roadhouse. If you're looking for good Italian food on the west side of Milwaukee, that is the place to go. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hour number three of the Bill Michael Show. We are glad to have you. Glad to have you. The Packers right now, they sit at number 11. Out of 16 teams in the NFC, number 11, okay? They are behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are behind the Los Angeles Rams. They are behind the Washington Commanders, San Francisco 49ers. And then you've got the Giants, the Cowboys, the Falcons at 4-4 four and four because they're a division leader. Seattle at 5-3 and three as a division leader. So you got Philadelphia 7-0, and oh, the Minnesota Vikings, who would be a two-seed right now if the playoffs were today followed by Seattle and Atlanta, your wild card teams, Dallas, New York, and San Fran. Then you got Washington, L.A., Tampa Bay, and Green Bay. Now the Packers win the tiebreaker over New Orleans and Arizona based on the best winning percentage in the conference. Uh, Divisional tie uh, would break the initially used to eliminate Chicago, uh, you know, and then obviously, you know, more down the road. But... They've beaten the Buccaneers, which means if it comes down to exact records, 
it would be the first win percentage within conference games and then the fact that the Packers beat them head-to-head. So you, then you move up. But you've still got the Rams who have, are at 3-4. and four. They've got one game less. Packers haven't had a bye yet. So we'll see what happens with the Rams. The Commanders got a tiebreaker. San Francisco would win the tie over Washington based off the best winning percentage in conference games. But you've got to get at least three more wins and hope that Dallas or the Giants or San Francisco begin to stub their toe. You really believe that Washington is not going to be there. Washington with Taylor Heineke, look, uh, a tremendous story, but I don't think they're going to be there in the end. The Rams, they could be, but they seem to be flailing. They seem to be a team that may not even make the postseason. Tampa Bay is foundering terribly at this point, and they're very much like Green Bay at 3-5. and five. Can the Packers, do you have a little bit of hope? Do you have a little bit of hope? They have the Lions next up, and then the anxiety hits. Because into town rides Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. Let's just state the facts. I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. He he has put the train back on the tracks. It has not left the station. It's back on the tracks. See what Jerry said yesterday? Uh, About what? Their running game? Yeah, about Zeke. Yeah, Zeke is the man. He's Yeah, Jerry needs to stop. Did you see Tony Pollard? The quickness he brought to the table, the way he was able to run, how quickly he hit the hole. He added a whole new dynamic. Now, there's nothing that can't be said that Zeke can't get carries and Pollard can't get carries and, you know, you can't work it the way they do in Green Bay. But to say that it's Zeke's job and his job alone, Jerry's an idiot. Jerry needs to shut up. Somebody needs to, to, to tell Jerry, you need to sit down. You need to stop. Because he he gets in his own way, but uh, but the, but you can get a win against the Lions next week, get a game within five hundred, and then if you come in and play that same way, run the ball well, do things right, maybe start to put it together. If you let's just say Ben that they think about this, what if they lose to Detroit in a close one? And get blown out by Mike McCarthy. And they are sitting at 3-7 and seven after the Cowboys game. Which, in, in essence, your season is over. You're 10 games in. You, you, th- this is not going to happen. You're done. Do you think getting blown out by the Cowboys is enough then at that point to say, okay, wait a minute, we got to make changes? Oh, it's the Wisconsin getting blown out at home to Illinois with Brett Bielema exactly. equation. Right. Someone is going to go. You would think Barry would be the first in that scenario midseason. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know who would be the first. I don't know what the tolerance is because it's not like you have an athletic director there, right? That no. would have the power but over the, tolerance, the coach. The tolerance behind closed doors at 1265 is my uh, – the best adjective I could describe is minimal for where they're at. Uh, I go back to the Jets game when they said the wheels are going to start coming off if they lost to the Jets. I can only imagine what the feeling is because we haven't really seen that team uh, since because they were on the road in Washington and Buffalo and now in Detroit. 
And we have not really had a chance to see a lot of these guys up close and personal when you're walking into the doors and you get a chance to talk to some of the people in the front office. So I, I, I can only imagine that it's, it's mayhem right now, panic, frustration, anger, a lot of the stuff that Packers fans are feeling. I can only imagine that. That's If you lose to Detroit, a team that is flailing and at one at six, if you lose to Detroit and get blown out by the Cowboys, I think there will be a few heads on the stick sitting outside of Lambeau Field. You cannot not make a move. You cannot not make a move at that point. Because otherwise you're telling your fan base you're just accepting the status quo and you're going to watch the ship sink and maybe you'll make some moves in the offseason. You didn't give them confidence by making any trades at the trade deadline. You didn't give them any confidence when you hired Joe Barry. You didn't give them any confidence when you went ahead and, and, and botched this whole situation by kissing the ass of your quarterback. So, in essence, you let go of one of the best wide receivers in the league. You know, you've tried to handle it the best you can. You did an amazing job being able to cut as much salary as possible and figure out how to kick the can down the road as much as you possibly can. So, in essence, you can actually field a competitive, what you would consider to be a competitive team coming into the season. For all of that, I give you a lot of praise. But where you're at right now, something is innately wrong. Hopefully, they get it right this weekend. I'm just giving you the what-ifs if things go horribly bad. 877-867-1670. After 415 votes over on our Twitter poll question, the Packers are the at the unofficial halfway point of the season. After last night, do you have a legitimate hope for the postseason at all? It's staying pretty steady. 74.2% are saying, nope, no hope. If you want to vote, go ahead and do so. Find me over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels. Hit us up. Is that hope to get to the playoffs or just to, to get to the playoffs? Oh yeah. man. Cause I feel like even if they do, and maybe I'm a negative guy today cause I'm going through it, but even if they get to that point, wouldn't the games look a lot like they did last night in Buffalo where maybe if Rogers plays, you know, the best game and they run the ball well, they can keep up. But how does the defense consistently stop the great offenses? The great teams have, mm-hmm. you know, where it feels like yep. they're kind of running, they're running a marathon up up a cliff against the good teams uh, on the road. Cheddarballs say the Packers brass going to have egg all over their face if they lose to Fat Mac at home. Heads will roll. Heads will roll. Uh, Bill, you would have to trade for someone with a lower contract price for this year and next without Rodgers retiring or back getting let go. They're going to be out of cap space. No, if if you trade for a guy that's still on his rookie deal, like a you know, if you went after let's just say Chase Claypool, I think he's only owed like a million bucks. You've got seven and a half right now, and I cannot imagine that that contract is uh, of David Bakhtiari is going to be just kept. There's no way you gain six million if you let him go. I I just I I think right now David Bakhtiari is playing for a job someplace else. That's my opinion. That's that's just where I'm at. There's no way you're going to pay him that amount of money that he's owed coming into next season. Uh, Andrew says, when it comes to the Packers, sure could use a bye week right now. Yeah, you got that right. 
You got that right. 877-867-1670. Back to the phone calls. Let's go to Charlie. Charlie, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Hey, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, so first thing on the trading portion, um, I wonder if Frank is just really bad at it, at bad at making trades, bad at offering it up. Because um, I'm not really surprised nothing has happened because we always hope that something will and it doesn't. Um, regarding the playoffs, I still have hope. But my um, thought process and like you've been saying, don't care about the regular season. It's about what happens in the postseason. Um, they're not definitely ready for that yet, but it's about getting re- hot at the right time. If the defense mm-hmm. comes together towards the end of the season, we can make a run. Um, and even last night, I thought that that looked a lot better than the previous three games. Um, obviously, we don't want to be in this situation that we're at, but a couple of those um, poor refing calls go the wrong way or go the other way. Um, mm-hmm. Tanyan's call, um, the one on Rasul Douglas, they catch the um, the illegal um, motion at the beginning of the game and that first right. touchdown by the Bills. Um, all of those kind of added up, and – Good teams can overcome that. We're not a good team right now. Those go our way, and at the end, we're looking at we just need to get a touchdown, and we're right there to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bills did take their foot off the gas a little bit at the end, but, I mean, it was not nearly as bad as it could have been. And so I think that we still have some hope. Yeah, it would be awesome if Gudikins actually did something and got Chase Claypool or – one of the other wide receivers out there to kind of bolster that um, wide receiver room. Um, but Amari Torrey, I think it's Amari Torrey. Um, I think he did a great job um, on the couple plays that he was actually um, targeted. Um, right. So build on that and just kind of get the, get the confidence going with those guys and um, get healthy. We'll see what come, comes from there. You would I appreciate the phone call. You would love to see them add one guy though just to give another, a, a good guy. I'm not talking about just going to get a guy to get a guy. I'm talking about somebody of substance. Um, you know, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, um, even if OBJ is ready, if he would end up coming here, then again, you're going to have to pay him quite a bit of cash. But all of that, you're just you're, you're hoping that somebody of ilk would come here to take the pressure off of the young guys, and therefore the young guys don't have to be the man. Because right now they have to be. Because Sammy Watkins not the not the guy. He's not even a shell of himself. And, you know, like you said, if you go back to some of the penalties, yeah. But the problem is it would have, could have, should have. I mean, was it a push-off from Robert Tanyan? Yeah, it was. Anytime you extend your arms, it's a push-off. He knows that. You know, he kind of did the get-off-me-fly. Um, and I, I applaud it because he was the bigger, stronger cat. But you can't get your arms out there like that. You can't give that kind of a, sho- uh, a shove. I just, there were so many things. You could throw a dart at a dartboard at this point and come up with a problem. And I just keep thinking to myself, there is something wrong. Because I can't believe that we didn't look at this roster. You know what? 
after last year, a defense that was creeping up on the top 10, and people are becoming believers in Joe Barry, and things were looking good up front. You just needed another piece or two in the trenches. You were going to be really good. Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker. Quay Walker's a guy can play sideline to sideline. He's going to be good next to Devontae Campbell. That's great. Now you got Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary. That is great. you got somebody alongside Kenny Clark now other than just Dean Lowry. That's great. Lowry coming off a pretty decent season last year. You bring in T.J. Slayton with a big body, and he's going to progress in year two. You've got your, you've got your one of the best, what we believe to be one of the best secondaries in the league. It's back. Stokes had a tremendous first year. Here comes Jair Alexander. Savage is a hitter. Adrian Amos is your field commander. This is great. Things are setting up wonderfully. You re-sign Rasul Douglas, who had this interception resurgence with the Packers and in Joe Barry's defense last year. This should be really good, and it sucks. So either you and I completely blew the call or there is something innately wrong behind the doors of 1265 an offense that was going to be creative without Devontae Adams even though they said 75 to 85 percent of the offense goes through Devontae Adams at least now you could just spread the ball around they were undefeated without Devontae on the field this is going to be great you know you run the ball a little bit more you do different things the offensive line is completely solid one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in all of football and it it's not like overnight this team forgot how to play fundamentally sound football. It cannot be you lose a boisterous leader in, in Zadarius Smith and it all goes to crap. And even even Zadarius is like, hey, I was slighted behind closed doors, man. People people walk past me, wouldn't even talk to me anymore. Is that the is is that what's going on behind twelve sixty five? Is, is that the kind of treatment guys are getting? you got to be silent. You can't talk. You know, that somebody's a leader and we can't say anything. And, you know, we're not allowed to speak. And is, 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 is that what we've come to? Because I'll tell you this, Zedaria Smith is kicking ass over in purple. 33 pressures, seven and a, seven and a half sacks on the season. And he's the vocal leader of that defense. Who do you got over here? How bad did you screw the pooch there? It's just something is innately wrong. Even Rogers said it last night. It finally felt this week like Packers again, like we're the Packers again. Well, what were you up until this point? Church ladies? Is there something wrong behind closed eyes? To me, I think, to me, it's not about the talent. It's not about who sucks and who doesn't suck. To me, it's about you have – it's kind of like once – think about think about it this way. you got a really a big, giant pot of clean water, right? Clean water. Freshwater pond, okay? Freshwater pond. And then the sewage plant blows a leak and the poop gets into the pond. And no matter how hard you stir it or you try to clean it, you're always going to have poop in a pond. It seems like somebody's pooped in a pond. Like something just is clouding everything, and it's not—it's not clear. And you need to remove the plant. What? What is the plant? What's the sewage plant? Is it Joe Barry in that defense? Is it the fact that you lost Nathaniel Hackett? Maybe he was the brain trust behind everything behind Matt Lafleur. Does that the reason Matt Lafleur looked like he was ready to cry, or just got done crying at a halftime interview? Or is it just a bad allergy season in Buffalo? Maybe the mist coming out of the Niagara Falls was blowing into his grill. Something is wrong. I can't put my finger on it. 
but you need something. You need a spark. And what you need is somebody in your front office to say, I believe in you. Here, we're going to get you this guy. I believe that you guys can still turn this around. Something to bring it together. Because right now, it's just, you can throw a dart at a dartboard and say this sucks, and you wouldn't be wrong. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.